Chapter 13 One hour. At the most. If I didn't get Zadatorian milk within that time, I would die. Why'd you tell me I had a week? I said as we winded down the road toward the highway. I've been doing all I can to find you the cure. I've been texting my other connection since last night. He's meeting us in ten minutes with the milk. You're going to be okay. You didn't answer my question. I will. When? Kalia took a deep, slow breath through her nose. I had a good time last night. And that was important to me. I know you better than you think I do. I've seen your whorls. If I hadn't lied to you, you wouldn't have been very good company. And I needed good company last night. I know that's selfish but I hope you'll understand in time. The way Naomi had so easily and completely manipulated me was still fresh in my mind. If it hadn't been, maybe I would have reacted differently, been more understanding. Good company? Are you kidding? You lied to me so we could eat junk food in a car without the inconvenience of me freaking out. I stared at Kalia, waiting for her answer but she didn't speak, just watched the road. Her face looked pained. We drove a minute north along the highway and took the off-ramp to Scotia, an old mill town with rows of identical bungalows built by Pacific Lumber Company to house their workers. It was one of the stops on my new tour because of the Green Truss Bridge, the one from the Dream or Worrell or whatever that was that I'd experienced in the deprivation tank. It spanned the Eel River and connected Scotia to the slightly larger town of Rio Dell, where the Christmas Flood 49th anniversary celebration was being held, according to the zombie lady working at the hamburger place in Arampom. The 64 flood had destroyed part of the bridge, and the mill workers had built a temporary repair, so that those who lived in Rio Dell could get to and from work in Scotia. We followed a logging truck through a barrier gate, along a dirt road through endless stacks of lumber, through mountain after mountain of logs. The air smelled of sawdust and oil. The logging truck pulled over, and we drove around it, continuing till we came to a log pond that hadn't been used since the train stopped running. A few ducks bobbed on its still waters. Kalia parked us behind one of the log mountains and got out. The distant whine and buzz of saws mixed with the beeping of reversing forklifts and the clatter of trees in various stages of undress running down conveyors. My shoes sank two inches into mud that would be fine dust in six months. Kalia walked around the unevenly stacked redwood trunks, shreds of bark hanging off like moss in places. In the last two days, we'd been forced to coordinate all our movements with each other, careful to never stray farther than the dozen feet the cackle allowed, fearful of the jolt of pain that would follow. But now she didn't say a word, didn't nod or raise her eyebrows or wave me on. She just walked away. And nothing happened. No pain. No voices. The tether was gone. The two days were officially up. I lingered by the car a few moments, relaxed, less tense, less flinchy, no longer in an unrelenting state of stress, no longer hyper-aware of my position in the world in relation to Kalia, no longer bracing for a shock that may or may not come. I hadn't realized it, but the last two days I'd been seeing everything through a tunnel, one eye constantly on Kalia. I felt like the sky was bigger now. I slogged through the mud and found Kalia on the other side of the log pile. As I took in the view of the forested hills with my suddenly widened lens, Kalia said, 
We have two weeks before the tether returns before we have to come together again for half a day, like recharging. Then the cycle starts over. You'll feel your cackle blooming as the deadline nears. If you don't know where I am, you can follow the path back to me. It's the opposite of how you ride the ghost. You move in the direction that is the least painful until the pain is gone and we're together again. There are only two ways to avoid this cycle and keep your cackle down, heroin or otolith cackle, in regular doses. I tracked down Lou's number last night and I've been texting with him. He owes you and he knows it. He has a source of otolith cackle and he knows how to live outside the lodge system. With his help, you can live a somewhat normal life. You'll have to move of course, far away from here. I scowled at her but she avoided eye contact, looking past me down the road. I'm not going to live the rest of my life dependent on that guy. Are you crazy? And what if he loses his source of otolith cackle? I take heroin? No. Not happening. You have to. Why? Because we've run out of options. I had to make a really bad deal to save your life. How bad? What's going on? Kalia pointed back from where we came. A white truck rounded the corner bounced along, then parked across the muddy road from us. Painted on its side was a colorful mural with trees, a lagoon, and an otter's face in the foreground. Over the mural, in bamboo lettering, were the words Kayak Brad. 